0: Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell, and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from the first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. So, Fail Harder is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, who have recently launched a very exciting community called Head Stuff Plus. Head Stuff Plus basically gives you access to loads of bonus content from your favourite Head Stuff podcasts, including. Fail Harder. It is as little as a fiver a month and that money is going to help and support those podcasts and podcasters. So check it out. On Fail Harder today I'm joined by the super talented Aisling Franchosi.
1: I had a year and a half where I didn't work. I did the night together then I did another job straight after it and then for like a year and a half, literally nothing. About eight months in I was starting to panic and I did get my first kind of experience with anxiety proper kind of almost debilitating anxiety. And I've been very lucky because I, the stupidest thing of all that I kept thinking while I was going through it was, I'm not the kind of person who gets anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very naive thing to think, but and um, it was just because everyone was saying to me on the outside like you're doing so well and like the i was going to venice and like getting great reviews and like everyone's was like you're doing so well you're so busy and i was like i can't even get that memo because i am sitting at home every single day like <laughs> um, so it was weird because there was kind of all this anticipation but like nothing was happening yeah um, So that one I found hard and thankfully I managed to come out of it without actually getting a job. Like I I came through the side of the anxiety without it being attached to a job, which I think was great because it meant that I didn't kind of further ingrain the feeling of like, I'm only okay if I have a job.
0: Ashling gained recognition and won an IFTA for playing the role of Katie Benedetto in The Fall alongside Jamie Dornan. Since then, Ashling has starred in numerous movies and TV shows, including The Nightingale, Game of Thrones and BBC's recent adaptation of Black Narcissus. But today Ashling is not here to talk about success, she's here to talk about
1: failure.
0: Hi
1: Ashling. Hello, how are you? I'm
0: good. Welcome to Fail Harder.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> how how are you? How how's New York?
1: Um, it's as I was saying to you before, they're surprisingly quiet in this moment. But um, yeah, it's cold now. Um, in terms of the, i would to say the COVID, like my mum does. <laughs> COVID. I think mean, that's such an Irish thing to say. The
0: COVID. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, March was was pretty bad here. March, April. Um, it felt like living in some sort of dystopian future like seeing New York as quiet as it was was pretty strange And um, but now you know restaurants are closed and everything and it's as awful as it is everywhere but um you can you know we can go out for walks and um get you can get like takeaway food but restaurants are closed obviously the theater are closed everything's closed really um but it's yeah
0: it's of, all it's just very heaven. grim I think this I think this time round. A lot of the just kind of, I don't know, maybe the camaraderie of the first time and, oh, what is this kind of, it's just gone. And now like everybody's just going a little bit insane. I, I mean, I definitely am at this stage for sure. Yeah,
1: winter as well, like going into it with winter, I don't know, something about having summer on the horizon made the first one feel a tiny bit more doable because summer was going to brighten things up, hopefully, yes. at least in terms of the weather. But now, uh, coming into this one with the winter looming and everything else is a bit grim, but, you know, we'll get through it. It'll be be grand. Exactly,
0: yeah. We will, hopefully. So let me just explain the format of the podcast before we begin. So I have 20 questions in front of me, numbered at random. Most are straightforward. However, some are a little bit unconventional. And in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life might throw at us, you can pick the numbers.
1: Okay, uh, four.
0: Number four. Okay, what failure do you fear the most? Straight into <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> the deep end. Um, I tend to compartmentalize a bit, so I, you know, I, I feel like I would say in my personal life, if I became, I don't know, if I if I let my family and friends down, or became a horrible person, or just Lost sight of what was important, um I think that that would be scary. And uh, mm. I do think that you know, actually, one thing that COVID has really highlighted, I think for everyone is just how important the people are, that you care about um are in your life. And so, yeah, getting to a point where I became <laughs> a, a bad human being, a bad friend, a bad sister, daughter, whatever it is, um that would be a massive failure. Uh, but I In terms of my, I do feel like who I am is extremely, for better or worse, linked to my work. Mm -hmm. And I do fear that if I were to fail like utterly and completely and have to just abandon this career, I don't know that I'd be able to stop myself from maybe becoming a worse version of myself in my personal life because, you know, I've wanted to do this since I was six years old and I've put so much work into it since I've, you know, been in my teen years. And so to have all that amount to in my head, like nothing, mm. I think maybe risk embittering me a little bit unless I was amazing and did loads of the therapy or something. <laughs> now to come around right to it. So yeah, the most important one would be, would be, obviously the personal life. But as I say, I'd be worried that if I were to film in, in my career, that that wouldn't inform how I then behaved in my personal life. Do you get like,
0: like this time for example now I presume have you been able to work at all in the last year
1: yeah I was extremely lucky and I was starting I was doing a project at the very beginning of 2020 and then it got stopped uh, because of COVID and then we somehow miraculously managed to finish it uh, oh. September and October yeah and um, is that I
0: did... the project with Sandra Bullock
1: yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> So I did three quarantines and two of them were one after the other. So I did four weeks of quarantine straight, like, and super strict as well. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm a quarantine queen. I do like manage it. Um, but so, yeah, I it's so, so, so lucky that I, I managed to do that. I, I really am very aware of how lucky I was to be able to get a little bit of work in.
0: Yeah, but even even still, I, I'd imagine that it was probably a, a lot quieter as a year yeah. for you, was it?
1: Yeah, it was. You know, there was a lot of, weirdly, there was a lot of auditioning because I think, or not a lot, but like reading the scripts and maybe meetings and stuff because I think people were just wanting to make it seem like stuff was happening. Doing the only part of the the work that they could, which was obviously the planning and the prepping and the casting, you know, but then it would amount to, so we're not sure when this is going to (laughs) go.
0: Could um, be two years, could be three years.
1: Exactly. It felt a little bit, not pointless. I mean, I actually kind of was, glad to have something to put my energy into but equally you're like why am i doing this if we know like i remember when the production shut down actually in in march and i've been following it really closely because i have um family in italy who were in are in the north of italy so like where mm. was that at the absolute worst at the beginning so i was thinking i was already i was ahead of the curve i was like i am doing a good shop so that and i don't have to go and do the rush by that everyone else is doing i was i was you know <laughs> stepping and they he sent an email out saying oh we're gonna shut down for about two weeks I was like it is not gonna be two weeks but good wishful thinking so so yeah it's been way quieter but I weirdly actually found the quietness of this year in terms of work easier to handle than other times when I haven't been working because in other times when I haven't been working for a long time um, it was very much like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why can't I book a gig? Why doesn't anyone call? Whereas this time, it was like, well, everyone's in the same boat. I really don't have to worry, so it's fine. <laughs> it's much easier.
0: <laughs> do you like self tapes? Actually, that's a question I would like to ask.
1: Yeah, I do now. I I do still prefer going into the room because I think <clears throat> this might be a bad thing to say. I don't know, but I think there's a certain skill that's just aside from the acting that comes with going into the room uh, with yes. people and I think that it's one that I might have <laughs> so you know if I was thinking that would be like well it's 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 an advantage I think I have when I go in the room but obviously apart from even before COVID you know so much more of it was being done with self, or at least the first few rounds with self-tapes anyway so that you really have to either decide to like you know get good at them and start liking them and take advantage of them or it's going to be an uphill battle so I do like them now I've changed a lot the way I approach them in the last few years Mm. (laughs) uh, as I've gotten older but yeah I'm I'm I'm, I like I like doing them now yeah
0: Mm, that's good I kind of find self-tapes there's like so much technology involved in it you know there's like so much like there's not even just okay do the audition it's like make sure your lighting is right, make sure your sound is right, make sure you're looking good. Do you know, like sometimes you might spend ages doing a
1: self-tape
0: and then you look at it back
1: and you're like, you can only see like half of my head, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I did invest in a ring light actually because I can't remember where I was, but it was really dark very early. I mean, here it gets pretty dark in winter actually, but I got a, I got a ring light and it was a good investment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: actually don't, I as much as if I can get away with not using it, I prefer that because I much prefer natural light. Mm. But if I can, if I need to use it, it's a really good thing to have because you, you can, if you have to, you know, sometimes you, they're like, give need the tape now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh. um,
0: and do you have somebody that can help you? Like, do you have a, per- a go-to self-tape person? Yeah, I
1: do have some people. It uh, depends where I am in the world as well. Um, you can hear my mom on a fair few of my tapes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friends. Uh, it's amazing how, like, there are people I definitely avoid as well. My mum's my amazing at them now, but I did have to fire her at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no. Stop trying to act or like read the, the feeling. I'm I, everyone's different what they like, but I just want someone I don't want you to act unless sometimes if it's an actor that you like and you and they know what they're doing, fine. But if not, I'm like, just read it like you're reading the newspaper and yeah, I just do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the next number. What number would you like?
1: Uh, 16.
0: Number 16, okay,
1: what is your earliest memory of failure? <laughs> um, I think, so once I was skiing in Italy with my dad, my family, and I think I, I must've been really, really small, like five or six or something. And there was, you know, I did part of a ski school, like a little ski group school or whatever. And um, like there was a race at the end and oh yes <laughs> kids were um you know the kids who'd like do it every every year or every weekend or whatever it is and my 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 family are like a lot of it's a big part of Italian culture to ski like a lot of people do it it's kind of much more accessible than it would be if you yeah around. um and I lost like I did terribly or whatever everyone got a medal five or six and they had for some reason this little presentation ceremony in one of the ski school lodges and they showed everyone's race on a big screen and i started like i i started crying and turning away i didn't want to i didn't want to look at the screen i was so embarrassed and my dad was like look at the screen stop being so ridiculous like just and i even now when i think of it i burn with it's almost near rage at how embarrassed i am at my, like annoyed at myself that i failed so miserably at something like that i never really did i was tiny like i shouldn't care so much but it's one that really 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 sticks out for me and i hated i mean i i really despised the feeling of doing badly really hated it
0: ooh and is that like a thing now that's carried on through your life are you quite competitive <laughs> i'm going to say yes <laughs> um,
1: i i used to be very competitive even in sports like in p class and stuff like i wanted to win i was like if mm. you play play to win but then as i got older I really stopped. If I didn't care about the thing that I was doing, I, I didn't care whether I won or not. I would play just for fun as well. But I do think, I have to be the way I describe this because I don't want to make myself sound like a, I don't know what word to use, key bag or something. Gee <laughs> bag a great word. Anyway, I definitely, when I was at school, I was a real perfectionist. I was like a very good student. I played sports, I sang, I played piano, did all my exams. Like, I liked. I was very bad at just if, if if I wasn't good at something instantly I just was like well don't want to waste time on that you know mm.
0: and,
1: and I was lucky because a lot of the time that I did try something I was like good enough for my own standards to be like okay I'll keep doing this but it meant that then I think there's something quite destructive about perfectionism because it becomes it kind of started becoming my identity in my head I mean
0: uh-huh. and then
1: the more people kind of acknowledge it on the outside then then you go oh I have to start living up to this now because people think that I'm the person who never fails an exam or never whatever it is I remember I failed my driving test twice (laughs) and the first time my cousin laughed and she said oh my god you find like you fail an exam finally like laughing and not at me like we were both kind of I mean I was laughing but on the inside I was like (laughs) 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 I actually you know then when I went to college and I, I didn't finish my degree for work reasons in my fourth and final year like I, the more you become an adult you realize you it's impossible like it's impossible to live up to the standards of yeah being perfect or like, I'm not like that. there's no such thing anyway even if you think that you're being perfect or not but having that idea of like I have to live up to everyone else's idea of who I am and that it's that I don't fail or that I'm good at this or that or whatever it is and so I kind of in the last 10 years I'd say had to really Actually, when I, when I went to college, because when you're in school, it's easy to tick all those boxes. You'll yeah. School, do your exams, and whether, whether it's at school or in piano or whatever it is, or do your sports. And if you're good, you can take those really easily. But as soon as you start becoming an adult and living out in the real world, and especially if for some bizarre reason, if you're a choose a job that literally has nothing to do a lot of the time with how you perform. Absolutely. You have to really accept that. Oh, God. Like. I mean, I chose the job that's probably full of most rejection and failure.
0: Oh, all of them. Yeah, I think I, even I, as a kid as well, just listening to you speaking there, I think when I was in like primary school, I thought, you know, if I really want to like win something or get something, like I can definitely do it. I'm like, if I really focus on it, I can definitely do it. <laughs> but now I'm just, like, that has just been crushed. Like, oh, I probably, yeah, just kind of, you know secondary school you could probably think you could still achieve stuff you wanted to get like you really want those points like I'll get those points yeah. but now just as I've gotten older I'm like yeah like I can really try but you know more times than not for me anyways I have failed hence yeah oh yeah this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because um Two of the guests for season three so far that I've actually chatted to you, to before yourself, um, have a very similar story that they're like actually kind of perfectionists, and then have chosen like a really creative career, and it's like, <laughs> I
1: definitely had those moments where I was like, "Why did I do this?" I could mm. have gone and been like a barrister or I don't know, what, like, "Why did I do this to myself?" Do you still do you still
0: have those moments now? Yeah,
1: um, I I, I do, but I know that they're like. I just had this actually recently to someone when I, there was a time when I really wasn't working. And at one point my um, sister-in-law was like, hey, Ash, can I just use your laptop for a second? I was back living at home with my mom. And, and she, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, it's on the counter. And I'd forgotten that I had like left tabs open. Thankfully it wasn't anything embarrassing, but it was. <laughs> um, she was like, oh, you're feeling that bad, are you? Cause it was like reapplication to Trinity College. Oh no yeah um I was just, I, I was like what is the point like I could have been again it was again it's that kind of slightly insidious thing of I kept thinking if I had chosen any other thing I know I could have had a way more linear path to whatever the hell we define success as which for me again has changed as I've gotten older but you know there were those moments where I thought I could have made things so much easier for myself been quote-unquote successful in the way that most people consider it with far less heartache probably
0: yeah I've had those moments too where I'm like I would actually be very good at this other thing you know I could do really well and probably make like loads of money and like grow like go up the ladder really really quickly
1: in those moments then when I go do I will I do this will I actually reapply to finish that year I don't even know if i be allowed to but whatever Mm. and then so no I'll give it a bit longer
0: (laughs) does that bug you that you didn't get that was it was it a half a semester was it or
1: Um, when you were to drop it I like I officially dropped out right before Christmas so I think I just had like essentially four more months left of college I I was kind of given an ultimatum honestly by my head of department I'll be honest and say that I spent more time not at university than at university but I chose languages specifically because you know I mean, my parents had just asked me, please, like, just get the highest grades that you can, so that if ever you need a fallback, you know, the usual. Yeah. And I chose languages because it sounds terrible, but I'm I'm bilingual um with Italian, so I knew that I could please people by getting, you know, good grades, mm-hmm. but without having to work as hard as, you know, I might have to if I didn't have that advantage, so that I could, you know, go off and do shows in the gate, miss those classes. Like, i I'd, I'd been kind of walking a very fine line. I think I just gotten away with it with the help of a few lectures like kind of you know because obviously whatever mm. exams they were fine but attendance my attendance wasn't amazing mm. so my head department head department was like I just don't want to set a precedent for like other people um it's like okay well I can't let this opportunity go so oh was it was
0: that the fall do you mind me asking no,
1: actually <laughs> it was for something that had very little impact on anything else I did uh it was for quirk it was that it was like a series with Gabriel Byrne and Michael Gambon like like very good lesson to get as my first like kind of it wasn't my first job because I did the full while I was still in college but it was you know I took a risk leaving college because I thought it's prime time Sunday night slot Gabriel Byrne Michael Gambon like yeah lead role (laughs) and it didn't go down as well as everyone had hoped it would Mm. so um, so no that's what I that's what I left are you getting
0: uh, um do you mind like do you do you know the way the fall has come onto like irish and uk netflix are you getting loads of attention again because of it
1: um not loads but it is mad i'm I'm, i do notice that some people are messaging me kind of saying oh i love the fall it's it's great i mean it's it's been
0: you're you're so good in it as well let me just say i'm sure i'm sure you're used to hearing it but you really are
1: yeah, but it is strange because I think it's all about accessibility now, you know, so much of what gets seen is actually just about what platform it's on and um, regardless of how critically acclaimed it is or not, uh, mm. people don't have easy access to it, they're not going to go searching for it. So it's kind of crazy that now, um, yeah, that it's back on Netflix, that people are kind of almost treating it as if it's a new show. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: well, like everyone was talking, like it was like trending, like on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, it was a few years after it'd been made. It was good because you kind of saw you grow up. In the fall as well you were quite like you were looking older as the seasons went on that must have been a bit of a strange experience being so young on such a huge show
1: it was i mean like i was older than the character so i mean i, I played younger for a long time i still don't think people know where to put me in terms of age range <laughs> uh, it was a it was a great first job to get like i you know it was very much learning on the job i had plans to go to drama school after college and then I got that and after I got that I was kind of like I said I had a conversation with my agents about you know should I go to drama school and they said look we've got people on our books like half and half half we did half we didn't and it makes absolutely no difference as to who gets the job and who doesn't it's again it's a mixed bag so Mm. and so I decided I kind of was working a little bit then so I decided to just go like not kind of take my the loop I would have loved to I would love the discipline of it I love. would have loved the kind of honing the craft side of it but equally I do think that you do most of your your best learning on the job anyway so
0: exactly yeah for sure um I think are there sirens going off outside my apartment or your apartment (laughs) sorry I'm in London you're in New York it's gonna happen um okay shall we move on to the next number what would you like uh 10 number 10 okay This is a fun question about the U.S. Oh, God. (laughs) It's not easy, but we'll give it a go. Um, What is the only U.S. state that begins with the letter A, but doesn't end with the letter A? Arkansas. Ah! (laughs) Damn it!
1: (laughs) I'm so proud of myself because I'm (laughs) terrible with anything else related to geography. (laughs) If you'd asked me an Irish geography question, like I would have gotten it wrong 100. So. percent
0: I was like, you'll
1: definitely not get that one
0: right.
1: You no know, I know that. Oh, you know that song, Alabama, Arkansas. <laughs> so, Very
0: mm-hmm. good. Well done. <laughs> I'm impressed. Okay, next number. Uh, t- twelve. Has anyone you loved ever really failed you?
1: Yes. But I think maybe I'll move on to the next question, just because I feel like sometimes, especially because my example would be kind of obvious and it's not just my, my story.
0: It's mm.
1: a story of like, you know, including, Yeah, you know, I think there's a responsibility when you're telling a story even about your own life. Of course, it might be the truth and it's your own life, but you're also kind of without permission broadcasting everyone else's experience of the story within that. To yeah. outside. So yes, but I am very, I think very quick to forgive, and I don't know honestly if that's just because <laughs> I'm a figure person or if it's also because I absolutely cannot stand confrontation like I, I'm horrendous for mm. it but to me I, I, I will be able to I could fight someone someone else's corner very easily, but I hate like I would rather like hide under the table. <laughs>
0: Where do you put that energy then if if you are kind of really upset with somebody or annoyed with somebody, do you just?
1: I feel that if I can forgive them, I just, it's actually easier on me. Like, so it's kind of a, not a selfish, I mean, I guess maybe it is selfish. You know, I go, well, this is going to eat me up alive if I I know that I can't confront them about it. One, (laughs) two, Mm. it's either going to eat you up alive and they're never going to know anyway, or I can, I can forgive them, which then allows me to just be like, whatever I don't have to I don't have to think about this anymore because it's forgiven Mm. Um, so and I'm also but the only thing is I heard someone say oh you should forgive but you should never forget I'm horrendous like I'll I'll never be able to be like remember that time that you said (laughs) I just don't it just flies out of my head and so yeah I think I'm just very much either like a squish it down and suppress it or just throw it out
0: Mm, I I think it's better to move on for your for yourself like not even for the other person well yes for the other person but like if you're I find anyways if I'm annoyed at somebody or something or somebody has done something to me that if I hold on to it and say I'm going to be really mad at them now it's just like that's just going to annoy me and I'm just going to feel anxious or shitty or something so it's easier I think for myself like in a selfish way to just say yeah, let's just forget it and move on because
1: yeah, but I do think I'm trying to get better at also, you know, like you have a part to play in people, other people's behaviors, if it's in like relationships or whatever it is, like whatever kind of a relationship, family, romantic friendship, like if you constantly just let people away, like if you decide not to address an issue, mm. you can't really get annoyed, then if they keep, doing the same thing up oh, because you've never said to them like stop doing
0: that yes
1: um, yeah you know so I do think that sometimes maybe I skirt around the responsibility a little bit because I just am afraid of it
0: I mm. rather it
1: like it's different if it's something you can't handle but I think I'm pretty good at just being like oh, whatever
0: <laughs> would you be like quite a trusting person would you let a new person or a relationship into your life quite easily or would you have your guard up
1: yeah, I actually am a, like it's it's weird now kind of doing more I've become incredibly private about certain parts of my life but I'm very like I kind of forget myself sometimes, you know, I, I would chat very very openly to people. Mm. Um so yeah, I'm I'm usually I I would rather always assume the best in people and have them let me down <laughs> than, yeah. than be Which I don't know. I don't actually know which is right, or be kind of a bit more wary and slowly. Mm. But I think that is probably changing a little bit now with, you know, if I'm doing more interviews or whatever for jobs, I do go, hmm, okay, what are the things that I really don't like? For example, my Instagram page is the most boring place on earth. Like, I hate, hate, hate Instagram so much. I hate Mm. everything. I I just have it because I'm apparently supposed to have it. And, like, I don't put up photos of my friends. I don't put, really, I don't put up photos of my family. Like, I don't want... And that's a two-sided thing. It's for, for going forward in the future, like, because then you never know what people are going to bring up. Or, But it's mm. also, I just, think, I just think Instagram is so counterintuitive to, like, the craft of acting. I could go on around, but I won't, because it'll take up too much time. Oh, it's- no, I
0: to- I, I've heard before, actually, in a class in drama school, we had a guest speaker in, and they said that sometimes now they pick... Actors because of they have it's a big happening. Instagram following. They it's said
1: this year a number of times, but it's right. not even that. Like I'm not naive to the business side of it. I'm not like that's what it is. But it's more that like I don't want people to think. And there's something about the visual that I think people uh, kind of absorb more than something like podcast, which is actually why I like podcasts because you can talk about yourself, but somehow it doesn't stick quite as much in their mind as a photo or a picture. Mm. And, I don't want people watching me in a character like oh that's so not like her or that's so like her or like no I mean if I could have a dream career like even without all of the awards or whatever that he has like someone like Daniel Day-Lewis like I don't we don't know really anything about him mm. and like you can't help but apart from the fact that he's a great actor but you can't help but believe his parts completely his characters completely because you don't know whether he likes oatmeal in the morning or whether he likes a pinder like you have no these stupid things like and yet now it's become so much of the apparatus of like self-promotion and as I say it happened to me this year like you just know that unless you have a director who's powerful enough to fight for you against the producer or the studio like the person with 10 million followers just has a way better chance and that's unfortunately like that is I have seen it with my own eyes
0: before the unfortunate reality yeah no I, I find it so much myself like I've obviously moved into kind of radio and podcasting in recent years and I even find like with the podcast I have to like obviously put up by the new episodes and people say to me they say you really should try and like you know like become like an influencer and you like really get like more of the stuff you want and I've just had to be like okay I use Instagram I'm not like against it and it has been helpful in lots of ways but I'm like I don't think it's my path because I don't feel I can do the odd video I like taking pictures but I don't want to spend my life trying to like update people on everything and blog and like that's just not what I want and I think it's important no matter even if okay if I got 50,000 100,000 followers whatever it is it would take me to the next level I think that if you're not, if you're not comfortable doing that, there's no point, you know, you kind of have to know who you are and what you want, or maybe yeah. I'm just very naive.
1: <laughs> no, I like, I mean, I have this conversation all the time with myself. I'm like, I just want to delete it. Like, because I don't, I know that, I know that if I were to be more myself on Instagram, like I'm a big goofball, like I'm, i I know that I would probably have more quote unquote successful Instagram, but I don't, Want to do that? Yeah. I, I I really don't and there are some people, it makes total sense for people who are like personalities. Like I, I I I get why it can be extremely helpful. And there's the constant debate in my head of like, well, if you get to a certain point where people want to cast you in higher profile stuff because of your following, then then you can go and green light an amazing little tiny indie project that you want to do. Like mm. so many things to factor in. But equally then I look at people like Jessie Buckley. like she's doing amazing work, exactly the kind of work that I love, and she doesn't have it. I mean there are it's no path is the same. So like someone who, for example, someone like Saoirse and like she was well-known before really Instagram. Yes. Up. And you don't need that platform. But like I had a producer in LA say to me, an executive producer, he was like, honestly, because I was saying how much I hated Instagram. <laughs> and he was like, it's a hot topic for me. And um, he was like, honestly, you should think about it. Because if I have two people that I like kind of equally, I will definitely choose the person who has a better following. I was like, oh, I was like well maybe you do the kind of work that I don't have an interest
0: yeah oh I mean, look like you've done like you have done amazing stuff I, you really have and I know that when you're the person and someone's telling you that it's like yeah I could always want to do more or whatever but like to the average person like you would be I would think that you're like super successful you're doing so well and you've done really like solid projects you know you've really shown like different sides of what you can do and they're really like really really good stuff really good scripts um so you don't need all of that
1: well I don't <laughs> know. It's weird it's you're right what you say when someone else says you're a success like you live it so i'm very conscious of how it can sound to the people on the outside or who maybe not would like to have done some of the stuff that i've done in the same way that i look at other people and like look at the work that they've done but i'm bad at kind of I'm kind of just like okay what's the, like what's the next like what is the next thing what's the next thing I think we're all a bit bad for just not acknowledging the stuff that you have done and just kind of frantically looking for yes thing. of course and are you quite um
0: would you be choosy with parts that you play
1: when I can be yes yeah, <laughs> the detriment of my savings <laughs> whenever I happen um I find it really there have been times when I've done something and in my heart of hearts I knew that I if I could have not done it, I wouldn't have. But I've been lucky in that a lot of the stuff that I did want to do, I, I actually did want to do it. And there's also something to be said for like, you know, you have notions sometimes. I definitely have notions. And, you know, once I did a job that I was kind of unsure of what it meant that then when I really wanted to wait for the Nightingale, like I had to cling to that, like, because it took so long for it to get green lit, I was able to use, like like literally use up my savings from the job that I had been unsure about to wait out for the nightingale. Like I didn't want to jeopardize it by going off and doing something else. Yeah. So you kind of, as I say, you sometimes have notions, but then like there are practicalities that come yes. you, So
0: mm. Yeah. And how do you find the times where you are waiting for the next thing? Like, are you good with hobbies and...
1: I have been much better this year, actually. Um, I... Had a, I've spoken about this before, but like I had a year and a half where I didn't work. I did the night together and I did another job straight after it. And then for like a year and a half, literally nothing. Wow. And about eight months in, I was starting to panic. And I did get my first kind of experience with anxiety, proper, kind of almost debilitating anxiety. And i had been very lucky because I, the stupidest thing of all that I kept thinking while I was going through it was, I'm not the kind of person who gets anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very naive thing to think. I've been very, very lucky in the sense that most of the time I, I think I deal very well with stress, but, um, it was just because everyone was saying to me on the outside, like, you're doing so well. And like, cause the night I was going to Venice and like getting great reviews and like, everyone's like, you're doing so well, you're so busy. And I was like, I actually didn't get that memo because I am sitting at a home every single day. Like, um, <laughs> so it was weird because there was kind of all this anticipation, but like nothing was happening. Yeah. Um. So that one I found hard and thankfully I managed to come out of it without actually getting a job. Like I, I came through the side of the anxiety without it being attached to job, which I think was great because it meant that I didn't kind of further engrave, ingrain the feeling of like, I'm only okay if I have a job. Yeah. So that was, I don't really know how, I think just like exercise, honestly, like exercise is huge for me. So exercise is one big thing. And this year I've been a bit more creative about my hobbies and, and like other finding other creative avenues um mm. to kind of do you make myself. banana bread I didn't but I did make sourdough so. oh you have a starter I don't know I had to euthanize it over summer but I um I, I did have one yeah
0: yeah nice <laughs> nice I was actually <laughs> I was contemplating I made a lot of banana bread during the first lockdown and the other day like last weekend there was just nothing to do like obviously I was like, well, I rolled out the banana bread recipe again? I was like,
1: don't do it, Emma Jane. <laughs> well, I had been given a starter by a friend of mine recently because I wanted to start it again, but I didn't want to like go through the process of making a starter. She called it doughy tribbiani, which I appreciate. Oh, love. And so she gave them to me, but doughy just would not bubble for some reason for like a week. I was like, come on. It was almost like having a real start. I should just start it from scratch. So I'll probably get around to it or I could just buy it from the shop, which is kind mm. of a Yeah, right.
0: Shall we move on to the next number?
1: Yeah, sorry, I've been rambling. like a mother- No,
0: it's been fun. What number would you like? Uh, 20. Number 20. Okay. Today, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos are the three richest people in the world. Can you put them in order, starting with the richest? So today, because obviously that changes, like, all the uh, time.
1: I know a few days ago it was Elon Musk who had just overtaken him. But I... I'd say Bill Gates is third.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I'd say, oh, I'd say Elon and Jeff are like every other day, you know, just casual cool billion or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, go for today. I'll go Elon and then Jeff. No, Jeff and then Elon.
0: Jeff, Elon, Bill. No, you're wrong. No, it's Elon, Jeff <laughs> and Bill. And this is what happened. So like a couple of days ago, Elon Musk went ahead of Jeff Bezos because Jeff had been the richest for ages. Mm -hmm. But then like a couple of days later, his stocks plummeted. So then Jeff was number one again. But now something happened like yesterday. And now it's Elon. There's some daily news for you about the rich people in the world. (laughs) I try to avoid Amazon as well, but sometimes it's just unavoidable.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, again, I'm not. Actually, that's a topic. I'm not going to go into right now. So yes. whatever, whatever the <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, next number.
1: Um, uh, seven.
0: Do you try to sugarcoat your failures?
1: No. No. Yeah, um, I can. I can tell. <laughs> I don't. I, A, can't... I used to, like, not be able to stand myself in the moments of failure, so, like, it felt if I tried to sugarcoat them, then I'd be... Like, I needed the punishment, if that makes sense, initially. That's why I used to do it. I'd be like, you're the worst, in my head. (laughs) Uh, And then I... Then now, like, it's crazy. I had a... I stupidly set up, like, a timeline for myself when I was, like, 17 or something, which did not go to plan. And... (laughs) now that i'm older and having kind of lived through you know 10 years in the industry um i hate it so much and it's something that happens particularly in la i understand it but i hate it when you chat to actors and like you know yeah I'm, first of all they ask you what you're doing and secondly they're like yeah you know i'm kind of i've got a script done better than i'm producing so and so and i'm developed and you're like ah. Like sometimes that might be true, but often I can tell that it's not. I'm like, just say you don't know, like, it's fine. Mm. That is what part of this job is. And it's really unhelpful to everyone else when you just bullshit people all the time. And I understand that when you're in the room with producers or whatever, maybe you have to be a bit more, especially over here, self-aggrandizing, like, or like self-promotional because they want to believe that you believe in yourself but I think actor to actor I really don't like when people don't say that they don't like if people ask me and I genuinely don't know what's happening I will say I really don't know what's happening yeah. I don't know what's next I haven't bagged an audition in a while like I I just think it's so much better because then sometimes it'll spark a conversation where you realize oh actually in that year and a half when I didn't work I was obsessed I was in LA for about five months of it, and I was obsessed with podcasts. I would go for like three hour hikes and just listen to podcasts every single day. And I would live for the moments when I would listen to one of my favorite actors, like Sam Rockwell, or whoever it is, or anyone like, just be like, oh yeah. And that was a really terrible time. Cause I literally didn't work for a while. Like I lived yeah. for those moments, not because I was happy about it for them, but just because I thought, okay, cool. And look at where they are now. Hmm. Uh, and so it's really encouraging. I think when you hear other people be honest about like, their failures and how they happen like you think I think I used to think that like when you got further along and there are some people for who it happens where like they become very successful straight away where they finally hit something massive and it just kind of for a while they coast from there and that's amazing but like equally in some ways I'm up for stuff that sometimes I can't believe I'm up for and (laughs) the failure feeling is so much worse because it's things like yeah they loved you but you're just not as namey as this person or like you know you get up down to the last two for things and it becomes the biggest show of the year like and those ones are kind of harder to swallow than you know when you're starting out and you're like oh it's all part of it whereas for quote-unquote like maybe a certain quality stuff or a certain budget or whatever it is the, the the pain that goes with it is kind of comparable you know because you're going up for less stuff maybe it's better stuff but then when you lose out it's it's like it's not like the failure part gets easier and mm. um yeah I don't know where I was going with that but no it, it,
0: it makes sense and it from talking to a few people even on this podcast I think it's something that you no matter what level you're at does it, it's not gonna really be just like suddenly really easy, you know, because people might look at you and say, Oh, look, you you know you did the fall and the nightingale or whatever, and you know, you're at a a good level. But, you know, even hearing that, like you still have to deal with like so much rejection, even even it's when you are really doing well as such.
1: Like things falling apart or like you getting something and wanting it to be announced and then it falls apart before it gonna be announced or you know, I've had this year as well, where I actually was on the phone with the director and he was like saying how excited he was for a great project to like work together. And and then the next day I hear that they offered it to someone else and you're like, what? And, like after like, the producers were on board, it was all green lit and y- you just kind of go, okay, there is so... I've become a bit more cynical about the whole process because there's so much bullshit in this job that like it really... It's hard still not to take it personally, but equally you go. There's there are some things that literally have nothing to do with whether you're. Another one like this year, 2020 was like a real stinger. Like mm. where I was down to the last two after having like jumped through hoops. They offered it. No, they were. It was looking like it was going to go my way, and then they said, "Oh, there's this other person who is available." but she might not accept the fee because it's not as high as maybe it should be so if she says no then we'll come back to Ashling. like you know so it's not that you're not good enough for the part you are if if you're willing to like just there's so much stupid politics that comes into it Um, that you kind of go those those ones when it's out of my hands I actually find it easier I get annoyed about it but I don't berate myself Mm. ones where it just doesn't go your way they're the harder ones when it's someone being that's being, just like that's that. just
0: horrendous and you, you it's so apparent why so many people are now producing their own stuff because just to get rid of all of that bullshit
1: yeah there's a lot of political stuff that I really wasn't aware of when starting out because no one tells you about no. it No. But- and um, so uh, you're just
0: all when, when you want to be an actor it's all about like the love of it and the craft and yeah. the doing it really and you don't think about all of the um politics that go along with it and, and i'd imagine in america as well there's kind of just another level yeah,
1: they have the whole like it's quite hierarchical and i i could be wrong in saying this but my impression is that directors in the uk have more power than directors do here unless they're, like, major player directors. Right. Showers and producers in the studio have so much power, even in the creative choices of who gets cast. Um, I mean, it's why I will never, ever, ever stop saying how amazing Jennifer Kent is because, like, she just stuck her ground and she want, she lost funding when she cast... Like, this is what goes on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they will pull funding if you don't cast the person who they think is the better... Cho- like so there's just there's a lot
0: yeah it's
1: great when you it's like (laughs) I feel like I mean it's the best job in the world when you get to do it and when it's rewarding and satisfying and you feel like everyone's doing it for the right reasons it is literally the best thing I and I still just this is how you know you love something despite all this stuff that I've just complained about like I still don't want to do anything else
0: Mm. and I really appreciate you being so honest because that's why people listen to this podcast is because people want it listen to the hard bits you know and that's it's really good to hear for like lots of actors listen to this and people will be like thank you for saying it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have said that like I know that when you don't get a part it's, it's annoying when people are like it's not personal like,
0: mm. but- and how do you like why did you move to New York did you was it work reasons or was it
1: I first nice. went to LA, yeah, work, I just decided um, that I wanted, actually, I think Gabriel Byrne said to me when I was doing work. he was like, just go to LA, because I was saying I wanted to move to London, he's like, just go to LA, go, go straight to LA, and that just seemed way too, I was like, why would I be going to LA, like, <laughs> not at that level or whatever um so I went to London first um and then I just I did want to go to the States before I got to the point where I just decided not to you know because I I don't think I want to be here long 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 term you never know what's going to happen but yeah you know I definitely want to try it so I went to LA first and I'll just keep it simple and say LA is not the city for me I could work there but I absolutely do not want to live there if I can help it unless I'm on an amazing job in which case then I would yeah so I was like I can't do this (laughs) in LA um and so I decided to go to New York and I love New York so much. And there are still so many casting people here and actors. and produce, like, There's like this idea that they just only live in LA and it's mm. not true. And it just it's a city that suits me way better. People don't care. Like, everyone's hustling for their own thing here. People don't care. Not everyone is like, trying to find out if you're hot or not. You know, and what yeah, maybe.
0: it's a lot more real, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it obviously has its issues, but yeah, so I decided to come here.
0: Mm. And where would you like to see yourself in 10 years' time? <laughs>
1: so, 10 years ago, I would have asked, answered that. But having, I don't do those anymore. A, because it's just impossible to know. And mm. because I did, as I say, make a 10-year plan for myself. And, like, I was stupid enough to be like, okay, if I'm not where I want to be career-wise when I'm 27 or whatever it was, 26, <laughs> then I will quit like that was in my head to kind of give myself like a timeline I was like if I don't if I'm not freaking I don't know who by <laughs> the time <timeline> I'm <of> 27 <laughs> I'll just stop I, it wasn't even so much like I don't know who but like doing work that I could fee, you know you could feasibly say would sustain you mm. um, and <laughs> when I turned 20 was I turning 26 27 whatever it was in that year when I wasn't working for you and a half and I was like fuck <laughs> Not where I thought this was going to be. Yeah, when you're like cause...
0: 17, though, you think like 27 is so old. You're like, I'll be married with kids and like really rich yeah. and successful, obviously. Yeah. And th- then you are at 27. You're like, OK, yeah. no.
1: <laughs> I was also very lucky in that I did work fairly consistently. Like I had to juggle with college in the beginning or whatever. But I did work fairly consistently for like the first eight years, which was why I went out of nowhere. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's no telling when it's going to happen so that was like okay either i have to believe my 10-year plan and i really reassess what i'm going to do or we can just pretend that a 10-year plan was stupid and yeah <laughs> doing this so i i do and i did have conversations with people in my life i was like do you actually think that i have i'm willing to put in the perseverance because i think that is probably the number one thing that you need as an actor unless you're incredibly lucky and they're so few and far between the people who are lucky. And I do think luck comes into it for everyone. You just have to be ready. You have to be, you have to work hard enough to be ready to like seize the opportunity that comes. And you also have to like persevere to like wait for it for when it comes. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not denying that it takes hard work as well, but I did have a conversation being Like, should I just like, am I living, like, am I being delusional? I want people to say to me, you're being delusional if they think that I'm being delusional. So they, Thankfully, I had supportive <laughs> people. In my no, life, you're not. So. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay. But you do need, you can go into a real, like, you're a dark rabbit hole in those books. Yeah. And so you do need, And and honestly, if I was being delusional, like, there are a couple of people who I've met who I think, not because I know better, but just maybe the path is not for them, like, on mm-hmm. a very deep level. And it's never been my place to say it, like I haven't been close enough to the people to say it to them. But I think if I was getting to a point where people were like, maybe you should, you know, for the sake of your mental health, do something different. Yeah, I would have, I would have someone who could have that conversation with me.
0: Is there anything you could like, if your life had went differently, that you could imagine yourself doing?
1: <laughs> no, actually, during my time, I was like, wow, I have no qualifications, like literally, not a single qualification. And <laughs> um, you nearly but, had that degree. Yeah. <laughs> When I was in school, I like, played briefly with the idea of like, if, you know, I could be a lawyer, maybe I love debating and all that kind of, although I think I kind of imagine it to be like on those American TV shows where you're in court all the time, like making impassioned speeches. Oh yeah. And um, no, but the truth is that no, I can't, I can't. And that's why in one way it's heartening. Cause I'm like, well, we've got to make this work. And then in another way, it's really scary. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the hell I literally have no other option. I don't.
0: Mm yeah well look it shows that you're on the right path I think if that's do you know it is it is but thank you thank you thank you because I've really really enjoyed this and you've been just love really like breath of fresh air <laughs> honesty. I'm
1: like wow I really talked down this thing that we all love so much
0: this is the point like obviously you love it you know you've just you've said but it's the reality of whatever you love if you really love something there's a load of shit that goes with it and
1: I I don't want to sound like you know I'm very conscious of the fact that I have also been very lucky in what I've been able to do but there's a lot I think that goes on behind the scenes that people because we're conditioned to like present a certain way that they just don't know and I have kind of decided I'm just gonna be like honest about it because it's not so hard if you're not
0: people appreciate that though but um thank you really thank you thank you for listening to this episode of fail harder i really hope you enjoyed it it'd be so helpful if you could spread the word by sharing it on social media subscribe to the podcast rate and review it tell your friends one or all of those things are just so so helpful thank you so much